everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Solution for Cities podcast brought to you by the Solar Impulse Foundation. I'm your host, Alessandro Gaillard. This is a podcast that dives into how cities are doing their green transition, the obstacles they face, and how public authorities, private entities, and the common citizen can work together to overcome them. Today, we're discussing all this with Janusz Linkowski, city councillor to the city of Waterloo in Belgium. How is everything in Wallonia, Janusz? Hi, Alessandro. Thanks for having me. Uh, and it's really a pleasure to, to be here. All good here. Uh, sun is shining. Uh, I had actually a pretty long meeting on, on environmental issues yesterday at the local council. So uh, pretty energized and uh, looking forward for a good discussion with you. Well, that, that's great to hear. That's perfect that you had a meeting yesterday. Uh, welcome to the podcast and thank, thank you for agreeing to be uh, our first guest on the show. Uh, now, what I suggest we do is that we dive a little deeper into what kind of city Waterloo is uh, to present it to the people that might not know it, uh, that have never been there. Uh, what can you tell us? Can you discuss what kind of city it is in terms of uh, mobility, etc. For, for our listeners? So um, Waterloo is a, is a city in the suburb of Brussels. So let's say we are 15 kilometers down south of Brussels. So um, we are a city um, that is with 30,000 inhabitants. Um, I would say people grew up there, then leave, living in Brussels, studying, and then come back when they, they have children. So we have a kind of this kind of too big junk of, of population. It's a big economic center. Let's say we have a lot of, um, let's say, uh, SMEs, mostly uh, shops or, or services company. Um, we have one uh, big HQ of a, of a big uh, uh, finance company. So um, a lot of expats as well. It's a very international, very international company and uh, international city. So which is also a, a pride, a pride for me that's quite multicultural. Um, and yeah, uh, pretty diverse. Uh, we are, let's say, the top, let's say, the most richest uh, part of Wallonia, which, as you may know, it's a region in transition, considered by the EU. But we are in Brabant Wallon, which is uh, more the Wallifornia we like to call part of of, uh, of uh, Wallonia. Um, All right. Um, so obviously, being close to Brussels, uh, a lot revolves around uh, mobility in your city right uh, with a commute to Brussels but you also have the train connections uh, the roads to France to Luxembourg Germany uh, a lot of exchanges um, you, you really are at the, at the heart of Europe how does the city evolve around this has it changed recently in recent years to adapt to this to be more connected um, definitely uh, the city is evolving um we have actually a lot of issues with the cars. Um, in, in Belgium, we have this mentality that my car, my freedom. So uh, people get really easily a car. They get um, a company cars. The American way. The, let's say the American way. Um, and our population is growing. So and usually it's almost like one. you add in one person, it's almost adding one car. So it's definitely created a lot of uh, difficulties with traffic. And then traffic lead, leads to more... Uh, a population so that's I think something we 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 try to keep an eye on um, so but obviously we have a, a train station that we, we encourage it's just been renovated um, that wants we want to have to connected and better connected so to have more space as well more more roads on this train station we have a little local bus as well that is doing 
touring inside the, the city, which also pretty important for for a certain um, population. Sometimes older people who don't have cars, uh, so they, they they can stay connected. And uh, we also now uh, exploring how to collaborate maybe with the private sector or the public sector to to for example get free floating of um, of bikes or 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 these little scooters trottinettes as we say in French so it's definitely evolving it's, it's very challenging and uh, it's definitely an issue that is a bit linked to our success we have more and more people who want to live in Waterloo so we also need to, to, to how many inhabitants uh, does it have so 30,000 around 30,000 uh, inhabitants right. uh, but since we're close to Brussels so a lot of people also commute uh, to, to Brussels so definitely it creates a lot of traffic in the, in the beginning of the day and then and then back all right um, well, I mean, if if we dive a little deeper in everything that you mentioned, so the free floating, etc. Um, and how do, uh, as an elected official in, in the city, um, how do you prioritize your actions uh, for the environment in your city? Do you look at what will have the most impact for uh, the people? Um, will you look at what will make the city, the life in the city easier? Uh, or is it more about, uh, you know, going to work, etc.? Is it something, how, how do you choose how, what's, uh, what makes you go for one project instead of another? Yeah, very good question, Alessandro. Um, you know, it's my first political experience, or as this, it's the first time I, I ran as a, uh, for the elections. I'm not a, a professional a politician and uh, almost no one in the local council is um, except the elder men who get a, a more proper salary because they're these kind of local ministers. Uh, in my in my uh, in my function, I was really lucky to be elected as a head of the commission, the committee on environment and citizenship participation. Um, so how do we what would we prioritize? I got elected within one political party. We build a program, so definitely we try to try prior program, and inside that program there are some priorities linked to environment but what I like to, to, to do in my, my political approach to, to, is to be very bottom up um, so I work a lot with the opposition as well to, to kind of re a committed political force in, in Waterloo not being one block against the other and we try to collaborate and get the best idea out of everyone and secondly what we've just created it's kind of this, uh, it's a group it's a kind of committee um, that we're very lucky is, is financed by the by the region, and then we we've made a, a call for application with the citizens, and then we have this group of, of citizens that are also advising us uh, for projects uh, linked to environment, so we can really make sure that also what is important for for people in the side of the city uh, is it's also applied through political action, uh, and obviously. Uh, there's a climate crisis. Uh, there's a, we know we need to move forward, so it's always also moving forward. And always bear in mind that we need to reduce our emissions. Uh, try to lead by example, also as a city. So we try to renovate our buildings, uh, so they they consume less energy. Uh, we just we put solar panels on our on our on the the roof of the, the city town hall. Uh, it takes time. And it takes budget as well, so it's not always easy. So it's also about fighting uh, for your for your your interest inside a majority, and making sure that environment comes. Um, it's not always been a priority, let's say in Waterloo. Uh, so it's it's also about 
you have constantizing everyone, the mayor and, and, and the inhabitants, uh, but it's moving. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned a budget, um, which makes me think, you know, uh, what's the what's your city uh, biggest challenges uh, when you want to improve? As you say, you know, you want to put solar panels uh, on the town hall. Um, what's the biggest challenge when it comes to implementing uh, technologies or solutions, uh, new services, greener services in your city? Is it, as you say, the budget and the funding? Or are you lacking maybe uh, technological expertise, knowledge, or partners? You know, uh, we, we, we often need partners to, uh, to implement this kind of thing. So apart from budget, and yeah. if you want to go back on that, you, uh, obviously, uh, please do. Um, wh what's the biggest challenge there? Um, I think there are different challenges. First, um, in Belgium, with this kind of division of powers. So the local the local, local communities can do things and sometimes the region can do things the national level do things so we don't always have the the, the, the levy of actions to, to move forward so we need to apply what is been asked to us uh, so at our level we try to, to also apply common sense um, but um, as well what do we try it's definitely to, to do more collaboration but we don't always have the budget uh, because yeah, there's deficit here and there or we need to, to go for subsidies, you need to apply to certain projects. So it takes time, it takes human energy, uh, human power. So um, it's it's about priorities, but also having people trying to go get these subsidies. Um, and we have, we have an open-minded, uh, we are open-minded when, when it comes to, to collaboration. So if a company comes to us and they have a good project that we can implement together, there's gonna be a win-win. Um, but for sure that's that's that and me again I'm not a professional politician I'm not an environment expert I'm, I'm learning every day and that's also why we try also to have this bottom-up approach uh, also knowing what our citizens wants or getting the best energy out of them and best ideas to also make sure that we implement the right uh, decisions so but let's say we don't always have the levy of action so it's a lot of coming from above us uh, i would love to digitalize everything uh, it can definitely improve traffic for example um, but it takes time it takes investment heavy investment it's not always where we need to put the money first let's say but um, it's moving we, we have objective of course to, to reduce um, by, i think it's by minus 40 percent or 50 percent by 2040 the rc2 emission so that's definitely something we're leaning towards and, and, and moving. Um, but the simple measure, you can also act by the simple measures. For example, uh, we have reduced to 30 kilometers max uh, the, the speed inside the, the city center, because we know it's, uh, it's also improving road safety, but also um, yeah, the emissions of cars. So that's definitely this. We've put uh, some reserve parking spots for um, electric cars. So we, we try also to incentivize. Um, a lot. Um, the energy consumption of, of buildings, it's also a big, a big, uh, a big threat. It's, it's actually polluting a lot. A lot of energy is lost and we can really de definitely reduce, especially now in the, in the current energy crisis. Also, it's, uh, it's also becoming a socio-economic issue where I have, I have citizens coming to me and say, I, I cannot pay my bills anymore. It's, it's too expensive. So there's also something where we also try to act on. And, um, and the, also renovating buildings cost money. Uh, so it's a lot of interest to take into account. 
for sure. For sure. Um, it's good that you mentioned you know, energy consumption of buildings because it allows me to shamefully advertise uh, the Foundation uh, Solution Explorer uh, where everyone can check out uh, can, this kind of technology. You can create your own profile um, as an elected uh, official, but also as a private citizen or as a business leader. You can find all the solutions that can bring uh, uh, important advantages to, to a city. Um, but it's good that, you know, you, you, you mentioned a few times uh, the citizen, the role of citizens. Uh, you mentioned that your approach is bottom up. Um, so my, my next question would be, how do you see the role uh, of your own citizen that elected you? I mean, uh, dealing with public support is obviously uh, an incentive. It can also be an issue if, um, if a project and we've seen that in, in, in other places where a project that it's good for the environment or good for the city in terms of, of sustainability uh, goes against the will of the people because it obviously affects uh, their daily lives, for example. Um, so is public support an incentive, a burden when it comes to planning uh, long term actions? So if I'm not mistaken, you were elected for uh, six years, you said. Um, how do you see that? I mean, do you have to deal on a daily basis with, OK, I need to have public support to do this? Or do you know that on the long term, uh, the reward will be greater? Um, well, let's say I've, I've been elected. So this is the moment where people put their votes in the, in, in, in the voting box and uh, I got the support there. And since then, I have a mandate. I'm, I'm working inside a, a political majority. So that's first. So. Um, and of course, sometimes I get emails from angry citizens uh, because everyone has its own interest. But local politics is the purest form of politics. I also I like to consider myself more as an active citizen rather than a politician, even if what I do is politics, which is really trying to help life of people in very concrete manners because local level is the closest to the citizen. Um, so, of course, there are sometimes decisions that people don't like. I just mentioned the 30 kilometers uh, speed limit inside the city center. Um, when you have a big car or a fast car, it's, it can be frustrating. I can understand that. Um, but sometimes it's it's, we, yeah, it's measure we try to do, and it's for the common good. And it's always trying to find the right balance between not annoying citizens too much, but also doing what's good for them or good for the collectivity. I'm currently working, for example, on um, anti-tobacco, anti-cigarette butts uh, plan. Um, so actually, cigarette butts are really, really uh, a big burden for uh, for the um, for the streets, for the environment. It's polluting actually the soils. So now I'm, I'm um, we're gonna, for example, forbid uh, cigarettes smoking in in, um, in in city parks, you know, in our green areas. Um, I'm a liberal myself. I, I love freedom, but sometimes, yeah, it's 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 also okay to to put some limits and and forbidden some liberties. Is smoking a liberty? I don't know, but I I believe it's causing cancer. It's increasing uh, issues, health issues for for kids and, and adults. So um, it's definitely a, a measure we're going. And a lot of people are still smoking in Belgium. It's still popular. It's still embedded in our culture. So you, I'm not gonna make I'm gonna make some people unhappy. When you're in a park, you want to have a beer, a little cigarette. But let's, yeah, let's disincentivize this uh, and and try to to be very concrete on that on that aspect. And for example, that's that's quite something that's dear to my heart. I'm passionate about healthcare as well. 
and reducing the, the impact of tobacco uh, both on the environment but also on citizens is definitely something I can act or we can act in the local council. Uh, well, uh, that, that was my, my next question. As, uh, as a city council, uh, and you've mentioned uh, healthcare issues, uh, but do you feel that you have enough um, leverage um, as a as a thirty thousand uh, city um, to imp you know to improve uh, the, the 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 economic and the uh, the ecology side of things? Um, can you ch do you feel like you can fight climate change in your own city? Uh, do you feel that uh, leverage stops as a public authority? Um, and can it be improved or do you need you feel more power at local level or is it something that has to be dealt at a larger scale so maybe in uh, in, um, in Belgium it will be regional and then national or do you have a role to play as a city to maybe just yeah. set an example or is it limited in some ways it's a it's a good question um, well definitely if I had a magic wand and, and, and do whatever I want that, that would be perfect uh, but so um, we need to, to work with our own power. And again, I think uh, local, the local power, the local level, it's the closest to citizens. So we know how to, to act and act fast. If you think back again to the COVID crisis, when it was the first lockdown, uh, people turned to their mayors, people turned to the local politicians. I need a mask where I'm gonna, when I'm going to get vaccinated. So we are on the first line. It's, I like to say, the first line of politics. Um, and we can't decide everything. Um, yesterday, I had a meeting, for example, with our, with the, the company that deals with all, all, all water and the, and the trash trash picking, picking up the trash, and and, um, and we were discussing about the quality of water. But um, the quality of level, the quality of level, the levels are decided at European level, for example. So, and which is not, which is fine as well. So these these hard rules are, can be decided higher, and then we implement them. Um, so definitely, if we had more more money, we could we could go we could go faster. Uh, I mean, if I could renovate all the all our schools, for example, um, that would go faster. The canteen, but we do little measures. Um, and again, it's it's taking time. Um, we need that's all the tension. Politics is slow. It takes time. We have elections every six years here and local level, but uh, the environment crisis is definitely going faster than the human speeds and the democratic speed so um yeah i, I don't always have an answer but I'm, I'm doing my best and i think that's where where we need to act on with the tools we have um but let's say if it's more re decentralizing more or centralizing more i don't know uh, so certain cities have different issues or there's not um sometime there's more I'm, I'm lucky that uh, in Waterloo we are. Well, let's say the, the quality of life is great. Some cities have more unemployment levels, for example, or, or the energy crisis is really harder. Sometimes, yeah, you, you need to think about. Do you need to think about people and environment? How to balance that these interests? It's it's not always easy. Right. So you also feel that um, the times of politics are slower than the times of the environment. Definitely. Uh, I think you, you don't, you, you don't, you cannot be blind to the, the Jack uh, reports. Um, we definitely need to to improve. But I also believe in technology, and I think technology can improve. I don't think we need to go back to the Amish, Amish time and stop 
consuming we need to we need to be smarter and faster in what we do and change our habits and it's definitely where i, I want i want to go i also think we, we drive change with people easier where they don't feel punished too much or scared again i go back to this tobacco example uh when you were you can scare them but people knowing they know they're gonna get cancer if they smoke yet they smoke so we need to find other ways to to convince people and i believe we can we can try to have the same approach with the environment i think we need to to be smarter of course not taking the car all the time uh, i'm encouraging people to take the bike um i'm taking the bike more and more also which was not an habit before and i'm actually i'm in better health and there's really these little measures uh, the fact that maybe also uh, now that we have teleworking people can work from home also reduce definitely the co2 emissions level um, and education education uh, prevention prevention also also works but it takes time and uh, it's it's the time to pay for 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 democracy i believe sometimes but um, the more and more we have also politicians elected officials that that carries these objectives and and these issues in mind, I think it's also getting better and better. Um, and we're doing our best. There are strong objectives we need to 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 aim. Uh, the UN has, has the objectives. Uh, we just joined the the convention of the of uh, the mayors. It's a UN convention when we need to to subscribe to uh, to certain objectives to reduce CO2 emissions, uh, reduce our impact. Um, and I really pushed for it. It was one of my, my, my first objectives when I joined the, the council. So it's it's moving. And, and I mean, that was uh, my, my next and last question. Um, is there uh, a project or something that has been done in your city in recent months or recent years uh, that you think our listener might find interesting? Any particular project that you're happy with the results in terms of environment? Um, I think there are two. Uh, since I'm, I'm working on, on, on this um, the cigarettes project and reducing tobacco, we, we collaborated with a company that is actually collecting the cigarette butts and then recycle them. Um, so it's nice that, that we put these, these special harsh trails everywhere in the city. Uh, then they picked up the cigarette butts and then they recycled them. I like I like this. It's pretty concrete and it's also a system of circular economy. Um, and uh, another thing, what I did is also in this bottom-up approach. We created this uh, what we call citizenship budgets. Uh, so we, block, we blocked a budget um, every year, and citizens citizens can come to us to, to my to my committee with a project that is that needs to concern their neighbor. So they need to be different people from the same street or same block of street, and they say, guys, we want we want a collective garden. Um, we want a bee a bee house. We want this kind. Of, we want uh, some. Some people said they wanted um, a vein, wine vineyards, and there we unlock. But we so if the conditions are met, and it creates more uh, social interactions, it's positive impact for society. We give a budget for it, and what I like is like is citizens that need to organize themselves. They run the project. We are there to help in the backup. But it's really the city, and we're helping the citizens. And, and I'm great. We have now um, a few um, collective gardens, uh, where the city gave uh, lands, for example, or we gave we pay the tools and the things, and then it's it's run by by the by the citizens of the streets, which creates social interaction, as well, which is also uh, one of my objectives. Um, we had what something I realized when I, I ran for elections. There's a lot of loneliness in our city. You have 
uh, people, older people that feel lonely. Um, we're a city where you have mostly uh, um, villas, you know, big houses. So it's, there's not so much always a, a community feeling. So that, that creates community feeling. And if we can add this layer of helping the environment and, and doing a good project, it definitely helps. So um, and it's cool. I can see what is moving. We encourage people uh, if we help them doing this, this proper application for it, and then uh, we vote if we believe it's a, it's a, it's a good idea together with in, with the opposition, my my committee. So it's definitely uh, something I'm quite proud of, and uh, we've we finance a, a few projects now, and, and they're up and running. What's cool? Yeah, I mean, co collective uh, organization or citizen participation is is key also in changing our our cities and how they function how we operate in them and uh what what we often realize is that it also improves not only the planet but the quality of life of everyone um so that, that that's really important so i believe uh that sadly uh, ends our conversation um first of all i mean thank you janusz for all your insights on waterloo and um, a very interesting conversation Pleasure. Um, Pleasure is mine. I, I also very enjoyed uh, the conversation. And also, thanks for the foundation, uh, Alessandro. I'm learning a lot from you guys. Your action is very key also for us, local councillors, local, local politicians to also learn and, and improve our, our cities. Absolutely. Um, so this marks the end of the first episode of the Solution for Cities podcast by the Solar Impulse Foundation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. In the next episode, we'll take off to a new city around the world. So stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you.